Welcome to this episode of the SLAS Discovery Podcast. My name is Bob Campbell. I am the Editor-in-Chief of SLAS Discovery and your guest host for this podcast. I wish to welcome Drs. Siddha Sitampalam and Serene Markosian, uh, our guest editors for the Assay Guidance Manual Special Issue. I'd like to say thank you for all of their efforts as well as their associate guest editors and for being here today to speak with our audience. So I was wondering to start off, perhaps uh, Serene and then Siddha, you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Sari Markosian. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of the Assay Guidance Manual and the lead of the AGM Translational Science Resources Program at the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences at the NIH. Um, in this role, I manage the content of the Assay Guidance Manual, which is an ebook of best practices for the design, development, and implementation of robust assays in preclinical research. I also organize and conduct apps to help train translational scientists. I'm a cell biologist in training and have extensive experience in cell-based assay development. And prior to this role, I was a specialist in Michelle Arkin's lab at UCSF, where I was co-leading the drug-induced liver injury program at the Accelerating Therapeutics for Opportunities in Medicine Atom Consortium. Sita? Yes, thank you, Bob. Uh, my name is Sita Sitampalam. I am a senior advisor to the director at National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences at NIH. Uh, my role at the SA Guidance Manual was previously as a uh, uh, executive editor before Serene Marcosian. Right now, I'm an associate editor helping Serene uh, organize the SA Guidance Manual and also uh, help her with all the SLAS and other uh, training uh, video and uh, internal courses that we uh, do at NCATS. My, I'm a bioanalytical chemist by training. Uh, I have spent about 23 plus years at, in the pharmaceutical industry at Eli Lilly and Company. Uh, that's where we started the SA guidance manual as a quantitative biology manual. Uh, from there, I retired and I went as a faculty at the University of Kansas Medical Center from 2007 to 2011. From 2011 to the present, I am at the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences. Well, again, thank you and welcome to the both of you. So about the special issue, perhaps you could each explain uh, the context for this topic. Why, why is that interesting and why is that timely right now to be talking about the essay guidance manual? I'm happy to start. So this special issue is focused on the workshop series called Essay Guidance Workshop for High Throughput Screening and Lead Discovery that our program has been running since 2015. So we have collaborated with SLAS and conducted multiple of these workshops as short courses during SLAS annual conferences. And these workshops provide attendees with a broad practical perspective on assay development and data analysis. And the articles that are in this special issue basically expand on workshop lecture concepts and span a wide range of topics within the scope of the AGM workshop series. And most of this article uh, are actually written by speakers of the AGM workshop series, members of the AGM's editorial board, and authors of the manual. Now, this is really interesting and exciting to me because this special issue highlights the mission of our AGM program, which is to address the crisis of irreproducibility in preclinical research. 
And our program does so by establishing and disseminating standards for rigor in early translational research. We all know that the development of new therapies remain time-consuming, high in cost, and harbor high failure rates. So, so I believe it is extremely important to incorporate better practices in the early stages of preclinical research so we can reduce attrition in the later stages of drug development. Thank you, Serene. Serene did an excellent job of kind of summarizing what our interests are in this special issue. I also want to reiterate the fact that SLAS technology and SLAS discovery are premium uh, journals in the world of preclinical drug discovery. And it made a lot of sense for us to collaborate with you in producing this uh, special issue, highlighting some of the exceptional features of AGM and also some of the exceptional uh, features that SLAS highlights in their conferences and videos and training and so on. Uh, we are really excited to have this special issue. I hope we can continue to do this with SLAS discovery and technology in the future years from, um, from time to time and highlight what's going on in assay development. Because in many cases, I consider assays as the beginning of a drug discovery program. And sometimes I joke with my friends about assays are us, but that uh, jokes apart, uh, all the way through preclinical to clinical uh, development, assays plays a very important part. And that's why I'm very excited to have this special issue in discover SLA's discovery and technology. Thank you. Uh, wow, uh, the assay guidance manual, I, I have to say, has had a huge impact on uh, both of the journals, as you've mentioned, and it's a, a tremendous reference. And I'm sure uh, that the special issue uh, will be extremely well received. I'm wondering for those of uh, our readers are uh, wondering about what might be in that special issue. So perhaps you could describe some of the approaches or the methods that are in the special issue, just as a highlight. Sure, I'm happy to, to start. Um, so the articles in the special issues span a wide range of topics within the scope of the AGM workshop series. So they, like I said earlier, they expand on workshop lecture concepts, including best practices in assay methodologies to enable reproducible results and illustrating how these principles are critical to the entire drug development process. And this article can uh, generally be grouped into three categories. So we have articles that focus on best practices in assay development, data analysis, and implementation for high-throughput screening and lead discovery. We have articles that focus on assay development and validation, as well as the utility of specialized assays in lead discovery and target validation. So yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent point. Uh, I would like to highlight two specific articles. One is an article by Dr. Sam Putnike, who's a medicinal chemist, who has actually contributed an article in this issue about what other things medicinal chemists need to be uh, concerned about when they are looking at assay data. I think uh, his talks have been exceptionally viewed uh, in our assay guidance manual workshops that we have had. And I also have had the experience of teaching with him uh, in Japan 
about the use of assays by medicinal chemists. So that's an exceptional uh, article that is coming in. I think it'll attract quite a few medicinal chemists to that particular, the, the particular issue. The second one I also wanted to highlight is Professor Graham Cook's uh, article on Desimaspec from Purdue University. This highlights the use of Desimaspec in both uh, organic reaction screening for SAR activities, and at the same time in biological assays for screening enzymes and so on. And he recently published an article on use of the mobile Desimaspec technology in op op uh, operating rooms when they are actually looking at glioblastoma cells um, while the surgeon is actually operating in the operating theater. So that particular technology goes all the way from early drug discovery, all the way into the clinic and the operating room. So these are some of the really interesting special articles that's going to come up uh, in SLA's discovery and SLA's technology. So I'm really excited about uh, the exposure uh, of these two tools and other things that uh, Serene talked about uh, earlier on. Thank you. So reproducibility, robustness, uh, validation, these are all very hot topics right now. And uh, journals are under a great deal of scrutiny to really justify the peer review process, but also to show better transparency and perhaps better standards. So how are some of these issues or challenges uh, addressed in the current special issue? I think it is challenging to set best practices, particularly for upcoming technologies, and as it takes a, a while to develop those best practices in the field. Um, so I think it is important to start a dialogue as early as possible when new technologies emerge. For example, I'm really excited to have an article in this special issue that details best practices to develop and validate 3D tumor spheroid models. So as 3D and complex in vitro models are now emerging as new drug discovery platforms, I think it is important to start the discussions regarding their, their utility and the best practices for their implementation in the drug discovery pipeline. Also, I think it is challenging to balance speed with rigor uh, when it comes to dealing with uh, pandemics, for example, and pandemic threats. Um, so I believe we have to have the standards for performing good science in mind all the time. And I think journals can do a good job, uh, the gatekeepers of the science, right? So they, we, we all as a community should keep um, should be cognizant of this issue of balance, balancing speed with rigor all the time. Yeah, I, I do want to uh, emphasize two points about the essay guidance manual and the special issue, reproducibility and robustness that Bob, that you mentioned here. Uh, reproducibility and robustness is a hot topic. And in many cases, the reproducibility and robustness comes in assays all the way from the early design of the assays, how do you select reagents, what, do you, what kind of analytical platforms that you select, then what kind of data that you are going to be producing, how much data, 
what kind of controls you use, and then how you analyze the data. All of those factors are extremely important uh, in assays to predict the movement of compounds through preclinical and in many cases, even in clinical discovery. So my point, the other point I wanna make is, one thing the essay guidance manual does very well is an ebook. It, it is constantly updated and that's the intention of having it as an ebook. All the old chapters are updated on a regular basis. Uh, we try as much as we can. It can be uh, updated on a quarterly basis, unlike a book or a journal where everything is static. So this is a really a dynamic manual. And I really want to highlight, I think we're going to highlight that in, in, the, in the introductory piece that we are going to write. So reproducibility and robustness and data analysis and all of that is a dynamic feature of drug discovery and development, and particularly in assay uh, development and new technologies like Serene pointed out. So I think that's why I'm excited about having these uh, two special issues come out at this time. Great. So thinking of the future, um, the assay guidance manual has evolved over many years, starting off as sort of a teaching tool to setting the standards and then perhaps pushing the envelope with regard to um, setting a future standard for uh, reproducibility, robustness, validation and such. Where do you see the future of the assay guidance manual? Uh, where do you think the science will evolve and, and how will the assay guidance manual assist the scientific community in the future? Yes. Yeah, so, um... We would like to expand the essay guidance manual, um, and we're in the process of uh, doing so. So historically, the essay guidance manual has been a uh, uh, an ebook for small molecule drug discovery, and we have um, a lot of exciting future goals. And one of them includes um, to expand the essay guidance manual beyond small molecule drug discovery. And the first step we're taking towards that is include a section on antibody therapeutics. Um, and then that's just one step for the goal of including more sections that include different aspects of biologics moving forward. We do also want to expand to include in the assay guidance manual multiple new technologies uh, that are um, that are incoming in the drug discovery field, including DNA encoded libraries, for example, as well. So hopefully we'll bring in multiple chapters. Uh, along uh, uh, along these lines into the manual. Uh, but overall, um, we also would like to uh, include best practices for all these new upcoming technologies, including the complex in vitro models and um, hopefully assays for, uh, uh, pen for uh, viruses that cause pandemic threats as well. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh... Um, there are several areas that we can expand on. Serene mentioned uh, antibody therapeutics and complex in vitro models and so on. Uh, I'm also thinking of uh, future vision here to expand into biophysical methods, particularly Decimas spec and other new tools that are coming out for drug discovery and development, metabolomics, 
and, and so on. We also want to, one of my dreams, uh, Bob, you were, you were at SLAS and uh, SPS, Society for Biomedical Sciences, long before uh, I was there, along with me, I should say. And one of the goals that I have is to attract medicinal chemists who very effectively uh, or very highly use assay data and they, they are the consumers and they are the customers for uh, assays as a whole. So I would like to see we expand into attracting medicinal chemists as well to contributing to the assay guidance manual eventually. These are all our basic customers. Uh, I would like to see clinicians uh, uh, contributing to this manual down the line to deal with uh, biomarkers and clinical biomarkers. I would like to see uh, pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics and toxicologists contributing to this manual because assays are universal. Uh, we have to measure something to make a decision. So that's where I am seeing the future. It is it's a kind of a limitless future for us, the essay guidance manual. Uh, I hope uh, Serene gets uh, enough support from NCATS uh, and NIH after I am gone uh, to keep this thing moving and make it into a maniatis manual for assay, assay development and validation. So that's, that's my dream. I just talk about my dreams. Uh, who knows whether it'll happen or not, but those are all good dreams to have. I also would like to um, say a few words about the origin of this manual at Eli Lilly and Company and Swings Pharmaceuticals. I really would like to thank all the hundreds of scientists, Bob, you're part of them, and several of them who contributed to the original quantitative biology manual, which finally emerged as a guidance manual at the NIH. I also would like to thank uh, uh, specifically Bill Chen and Robert Pacifici, who were instrumental in getting through the legal system to release this manual as a public resource. Thank you, Sita. That was a, a great background piece of information that I think people perhaps are unaware of. I mean, you championed this uh, from the very beginning. It was a hard-fought battle. I, I sat there watching it in real yep. time and uh, truly was a tour de force to get that to happen. And the collaboration with NIH has been just amazing and taken it uh, a leap forward. And, and now it's become sort of the Bible of, of assay guidance. So thank you again for, for doing that and for all those that have followed. So again, I just want to thank you both uh, for being here, for your efforts on the assay guidance manual efforts on the special issue. And again, I certainly hope that there will be another uh, edition of the assay guidance manual special issue in future, because I'm sure there are many, many topics that we can share with our readers. So thank you for your efforts. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.